When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Waiting for Next Year podcast brought to you by Evergreen Podcast Network. Joe and I are back with talking about another Browns win, this time in Minnesota. Ugly wins. It's worth a reminder early on. Ugly wins still count as wins, except, or especially on the road. Yeah. But yeah, Browns took care of business. Offense looks eh. Defense looks awesome. They beat the, uh, the Vikings in Minnesota 14-7. And I mean... It's nice to see that Baker Mayfield can play like crap and the Browns still take care of business. Yeah, yeah. The defense uh, stepping off of last week's dominant performance, they had another one. It was, it might have even been, it's probably even more uh, impressive just against the offensive firepower that Minnesota had. Um, it was, it was fun to watch. They were attacking, and this is what we, we dreamed of when. It all hopefully came together, and uh, man, it's been fun. Remember how we were like freaking out about this defense early on, and now the last two games. I mean, granted, Chicago with Justin Fields, Matt Nagy, he was still they dominated. They did what they had to do, and as Jake Trotter tweeted, this is the first time since 1999 that the Browns have held back-to-back opponents to single digits. I don't care who it's against. Yeah. It's the NFL. If you hold a team to back to back single digit uh, outputs, I mean, I'm very, very excited about this defense going forward. I am too. Yeah. And they, they missed their, they didn't have their number one or number two corner out there. Greedy Williams stepped in and uh, he played really well, got an interception. Um, he, he showed that this, uh, the secondary has not only talent in the starting lineup, but depth behind it. And, uh, and Ronnie Harrison was missed, uh, I think, early on in the game. He was out with a concussion. So, yeah, they stepped up. Even uh, Backup stepped up. And it was uh, just one of the best performances we've seen in a long time, and we saw it last week too. It's it, This defense has come together. It's, it's fast. Everywhere is fast uh, defenders. And they really they stepped up when they when the offense was struggling, <laughs> to say the least. Struggling, yeah, I would say struggling would be <laughs> would be an understatement. I think because that's mm-hmm. we'll talk about the offense later. But outside of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, when your quarterbacks just inaccurate like Baker was today, and we'll talk about that as well. I mean, it's just nice to see that Baker had his worst game probably since 2019. And the defense did what they had to do for still yeah. come away with a win. And as you can see on the bottom ticker, it's one of those things where the sacks don't tell the full story. Yeah. The Browns had two sacks today. That's, uh, if you saw that and we'd be like, oh, the defense line must have done, not done that great. They had 22 quarterback pressures. 16 of them were when they were only rushing four guys. Kirk Cousins, he was lost in the pocket a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, imagine Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney running after you. I think I'd just fall to, to fall to the ground, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, it's one that, like I said, it's one of those things where sacks just don't tell the full story. Twenty-two quarterback pressures. 
I mean, yeah. if the defensive line's doing that while only rushing four, it's it's one of those things where we've been talking about. The Browns need to get quarterback or get to the quarterback while only rushing four guys because it helps out the defense so much. And they did just that today. Yeah. And they did it even with three on the last play. <laughs> they pressured they pressured with three on that final play and they still got a they still got to the quarterback. Uh, Jadavion got to the around the edge. So yeah, all four got all what five, six guys probably that go through this uh, rotation have just played out of their minds. Um, miles is miles, obviously. Uh, Jadavion has been great getting especially against the run too. Um Tack McKinley, what a what a what a what a signing by Andrew Barry this offseason. People were pretty much down on him. It was pretty much a kind of kind of sleeper pickup, and he has just outperformed. He's played one of the best edge rushers in the league, and he's our backup. <laughs> that says a lot. And uh, today McDowell played well. He got uh, pressure up in the front uh, middle of the line, and then. Uh, Malik Jackson, he's kind of a he's kind of a non not talked about much uh, due to all the other talent on the offensive line, but he or defensive line, but he's been really good too. And he had uh, a couple big batted passes that were uh, key plays in the game. So yeah, this uh, this defensive line is taking uh, taking shape and uh, it's it's dominating right now. It's, it took care of uh, two two offensive lines that weren't very weren't the best in the league, but they, they took care of business and dominated in, in a fashion we have not seen before. So, and that wins you games, getting to the quarterback, getting pressure. I, I wrote this week in the preview that uh, we had to get pressure on, uh, on Kirk Cousins because he's been performing so well the past few weeks and uh, they got to him and he looked, he looked, he looked, uh, he looked frustrated and uh, kind of, Happy uh, couldn't uh, get going. Is um, couldn't get a consistent um, game going because uh, they were getting to him quickly. Um, he had so many inaccurate passes due to the pressure, and that's what that's what pressure does, man. Kirk had so many inaccurate passes due to the pressure, and Baker had so many inaccurate passes due to. Okay, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, no, but yeah, um. Oh, when you win, when you dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, I mean the Browns' offensive line. We already know that that's one of the best in the league. But if the Browns' defensive line can be also one of the best in the league, yeah. they're going to win football games just due to that. It doesn't matter what else happens if you dominate yeah. the line of scrimmage. I mean, unless you get okay, unless Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes could probably still win a football game if the defensive line dominates. But there's not too many teams in quarterbacks in the NFL that you can do 22 quarterback pressures against, and they're going to do well offensively. I mean, yeah. I'm still in disbelief that Minnesota, literally, first drive of the game, made it look easy. Seven and a half minutes, touchdown. I was like, oh, man. And then it's like the Browns' defense settled in and dominated the rest of the game. Yeah. Yeah, prior prior to, what, the last couple of years, this is this was the, the game plan for Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh's defensive line would just – absolutely dominate and and their offensive line would play well too um and they would win games on that a lot of times so it's it's amazing just having this uh these this uh, so much talent in the trenches on both sides of the ball um it, it was fun to watch uh there there was not many times that uh that there was nobody in the backfield and that was that was fun to see and and uh if they can keep this going this is uh 
recipes for success down the road for uh, this defense and this team overall. Yeah, and I mean, you can say about what you want about Kirk Cousins. He's not the best. He's certainly not the worst. He's actually had a pretty good season so far. Yeah, he's been and really I mean, when good. You, yeah, because, yeah, someone said, like, oh, man, I just made a big pickup. I picked up uh, Kirk Cousins fancy. I was like, how's that a big pickup? And then I looked at his stats, and yeah. he's, he's done pretty well. And then mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook certainly wasn't 100%. But you held, or the Browns held one of the best running backs in the league to nine carries, 34 yards. Overall, Vikings had 23 carries, 65 yards, 2.8 per rush. Yeah. I mean, it's just Kirk Cousins had Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, obviously, two of the one of the best uh, wide receiver duos in the league. They held them. I mean, Justin Jefferson had 84 yards on touchdown. That's going to happen. But I just can't get over how good this defense looked, and they were without Grant Newsome. They were they were without their second best cornerback on the depth chart, and one of their starting safeties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, the run the run defense has been excellent uh, the entire season, pretty much. Uh, I think that's uh, largely in part to Jadavian Clowney. He's probably one of the best edge rushing um, uh, run defenders in the league. Uh, so his presence is huge and just overall, just better technique, better tackling overall. And uh, JOK being just flying around is, is fun to watch in, in run defense. So yeah, they, uh, Alexander Madison, um, they were, he was, he had a hundred yards last week and, and they shut him down. Um, even, even with cook ham- hampered, he didn't, he wasn't able to step up. Um, the, this offensive line, the, the Vikings, they were, they were better in the run blocking. And they still they still couldn't find success, so it was great to see that. And then overall, in the pass defense, they they allowed the two the two guys to have big days, but uh, semi big days. Thielen uh, didn't have a huge game, but they didn't really have anybody else um, have any any uh, real momentum or uh, good games. Uh, I think the twenty six yards is what the third receiver had, so. Um, that was huge for the defense, and it was just – there wasn't really a bad play on defense except bar at that, after that first drive. Um, the, every level of the defense, they played well, and it, it was it was great to see. Yeah, and JOK, the immediate, immediately when they drafted – the Browns drafted JOK, we were like, how the heck did he fall to the Browns in the second yeah. round? Four games into the season, I'm still saying, screwed, how in yeah. the heck did he fall to the Browns in the second round? Yeah, he is all over the field again. Yeah, yeah. And when you have a linebacker that can do that behind a, de- a dominant defensive line, it makes things so much easier for the secondary, as we've seen yeah. already. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He he's been ex- exceptional. Um, he's he's going to make a run for this defensive uh, rookie of the year, man. He, he's he's playing that well. Uh, he's he's playing in the run he's playing against the run and getting through blocks better than I thought even I thought that he could do because that was one of the things getting caught on blocks was was maybe something he would have to work through but he he's been unbelievable his his IQ and just speed to get the ball have beaten the blocks almost every time it's it's amazing to see him how quickly he can get to the ball um and then just in pass coverage it's that's one of his best assets in in this game, and he's been excellent at that too. So we found a we found a keeper at linebacker. Finally, the Browns have a uh, a linebacker 
to trust for when was the last uh, yeah when was the last time that could happen we're like wow the browns have a linebacker of the future it's usually like all right who are the browns going to pick up in the free agency on a one-year deal hopefully it pans out i think joquel Joquel jackson maybe who just went to the ring of honor and i don't think joquel was up to this i was i was gonna say he joquel jackson literally just went in the ring of honor which tells you how long it's been since he's been on the browns (laughs) right yeah yeah it's uh this uh, linebacker core is just so much better when they have some somebody of this talent on there. Everybody else can settle around it. You don't need you don't need like three or four guys at linebacker to be difference makers. If you have one key guy that can fly around the field and everybody else plays their roles, it's 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 so much better. Like Malcolm Malcolm Smith has played so well the last three weeks uh, as the starter. Um, he has come in after that tough matchup in the first week he has really really stepped up and he's uh he's playing well because he has a guy next to him that can could do anything on the field and that's uh that's so helpful for a unit and i think part of it is too is that the i mean i'm not taking anything away from jok but when the defensive line dominates like it has Mm -hmm. it makes the linebackers look a lot better too because it makes their job much easier yeah, yeah, and that was some of the problems past what three, four, or five years now. They haven't been able to stay clean in, in three, four, or five. Six, I'd go all the way back to twenty-one years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go on. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 tough playing linebacker when when you're not uh, when you're not uh, staying clean in the second level and and blockers are getting to the second level. It's it makes your job harder and it makes it pretty much impossible because an offensive lineman is pretty much always going to. Is it's going to have a higher success rate versus a linebacker. So uh, when you can stay clean and get to the line uh, scrimmage without getting any traffic, that's uh, that's a huge key for the line. So yeah, um, the linebackers are very much helped out by uh, this dominant defensive line. Yeah, and I mean, next week defense is going to have another tough test. We'll talk about this. We don't really preview, I guess, but against the Chargers. We know how good the Chargers offense can be. That's true. (laughs) Check in Friday morning for Joe Gilbert's preview. But yeah, LA Chargers, they have a very good offense. So it'll be interesting to see how this defense does for the third consecutive week, especially on the road, which it will be interesting also to see how many Browns fans are in LA for this one. Because I know there's been games for the Chargers have had where it seems like they're away by the sound, but they're actually home. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how the dog pound travels this one. I could see us traveling. <laughs> I could see us traveling. Yeah, the Chargers. Uh, after they lost San Diego, they have not. Uh, they have not had the uh, fan base they used to. So, there's definitely a uh, uh, a chance that the Browns fans, Browns backers, all across the uh, California coastline, uh, to uh, travel down there and uh, make this uh, a semi home game. Yes. All right. But back to this game, the one that the Browns somehow just won fourteen seven. And it wasn't even that boring of a game, to be honest. Only 21 points, but it, I was never really that bored. I think part of it was because the defense just dominated as much as it yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. They were just – when you have an attacking defense, um, we kind of saw this with the uh, Ohio State when uh, Jim Trussell was uh, coach. That they that defense – they didn't really score points, but it was fun because the the defense was just attacking – 
they're dominating the game. So it, it's fun to watch when when a defense is just rolling and and they they shut down a uh, opposing offense. We saw we've seen it two straight years or two straight uh, games. I don't think there'd ever be a day where the Browns defense would be compared to Jim Trestle's defense at Ohio State, but here we are. <laughs> what, a, what a day to be alive. If only, I guess this is a good transition. We won't even talk about the offense yet. If only the Browns punter was as good as Jim Trestle's punters because oh, Scottish Hammer, <laughs> Scottish Hammer struggled today. I mean, even on that last punt, all you had to do was pin him like inside the 20 and the 27 yard line. You just can't be. On an average football team, the punter doesn't mean that much. On a team where the Brown, like the Browns, where they have big expectations this year, which let's let's admit that they do, the punter means a lot, especially down the road in December when the weather's bad, and especially in the playoffs. Scottish Hammer has to do something to improve. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he has not been good. Uh, he hasn't been good since his rookie season. Uh, I thought they should have had a competition this off season. Um, but they didn't think that was uh, something they should do. So, but they and they didn't let any punters into the camp this year. But he's not been good. His accuracy in the in the red zone has been horrible. I don't know what. Uh, he, I think they had like one inside the top and inside the ten yard line in the past couple games, and uh, that was a miracle. But uh, he, yeah, he shanked balls. It's just not. It's not been good. He's he's been he's been the worst part of special teams, and it's not even close. <laughs> yeah, he. I know. I, I think I tweeted this out, or I put it in the our WFMI Discord, which, by the way, you should join. But who would have ever thought that the Browns would have a good kicker and have a punter that they have to worry about? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Let's talk about Chase right now, man. Uh, what a what a performance back to back again. Back to back weeks, two over forty eight yards. That's that's impressive, man. And he's drilling them. It's not like they're like easing right next to the goal goalpost or anything. He's drilling them, and I, I feel like uh, Stefanski's getting uh, more comfortable actually sending out the offense or sending out the special teams to kick these long field goals. It's uh, in the past we've seen it uh, with um, Cody Parkey last year. They. They didn't even try to attempt anything over 50 yards, and this is what, two straight weeks they've tried three uh, three field goals over 50 yards, and he's with made no he- yeah, and with no hesitation, like right. you said, yeah, it's just yeah. like he has full full trust that Chase McLaughlin yeah. will make it, yeah, and yeah, I mean when you have a kicker that can do that and put up points when you're inside the what would that be inside the 37 yard line, mm-hmm. and it's I won't say he's automatic. It's yeah. a Browns kicker. It's, it's only been two, ga- two games, but yeah. yeah. But the if he can, he obviously won't go one hundred percent this year. He's down. To, he's bound to have a miss or two. But if he can be accurate from fifty-four yards and in, that just changes so much. Yeah, transforms your offense. It's just like Baltimore. Like obviously, Baltimore has a even more automatic kicker but they're they're off literally the best kicker in nfl history probably. <laughs> right but it just transforms you you know that once you get to a certain line it's you're scoring points and if you can get even close to confident that you can do that that's that's so much better for an offense 
it eases up the game plan. You don't have to like be more aggressive. You can you can stick to your game plan. It, it just helps out an offense, uh, especially a struggling one uh, like we saw today. All right, so now it's time to be negative. Even after a fourteen-seven <laughs> win, the offense. Actually, no. Let's be positive first. Nick Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Once again, did what they had to do. Uh, let's see. Quite as thirty-five carries. <laughs> yeah, thirty. Yeah, Nick Chubb, twenty-one carries, one hundred yards. Quite as he, <laughs> and all, it, it really was. And I just changed the banner at the bottom. Um, but yeah, I mean. 35 carries, 169 yards, and a touchdown combined. And they're staying fresh. And if you would have bet me that Nick Chubb had 21 carries, I would have said that you were wrong because I figured it was below 20 again. Yeah. But, yeah, when they can just dom- – I mean, I guess when the offensive line dominates like they did, I, they didn't dominate, but they did well. And the, when you have two running backs that can you can lean on, especially when your quarterback, like Baker, was struggling today, there's nothing the defense can do. You chew up the clock, the defense gets hi- tired, and they can't stop them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a luxury having this, having this these two backs in the backfield. Uh, they can they can do it all. They can they can catch it out of the backfield, run it, and with great success. And it's 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 amazing to have these two in the in the, uh, in this offense together. Um, and they can once one's off the field, you know the other one's on the field making plays and. Yeah, the, uh, the offensive line, um, they played well as a run-blocking team. They did not do so well as a pass-blocking uh, uh, unit, uh, but obviously that can be blamed on a lot of it on uh, Wills uh, being injured and then missing time. Um, but we'll get to that later. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the run game is definitely the uh, high point of this offense and uh, the one that's consistently been good uh, – throughout the uh, year so far. Since you brought up Wills, I know I said this last week, I know they're without Hubbard, but I think they just had to sit him. Just yeah. let him sit out for a week or two. There's no point in rushing him back. He's at like 70% tops. I'd rather him be at 0% contribution for a couple weeks and then come back as 100% oh. then continue to try to play. I mean, it was clear today. He was struggling, and I yeah. think most of that was due to his ankle. Yeah, it's it's not helping the performance. Yeah, it's like once you're once like J.C. Treader plays through injuries, but he plays well. Like this is clearly hampering his performance, and there's just, there's just no point of keeping him out there. I think he was actually carted off today, which shows it might have been a more serious ankle injury. But yeah, he needs to sit. I I, I know Hubbard is still out. Um, you're gonna have to turn to the rookie. Turn to Hans to see if if they can handle it, um, and that's where um, they're going to have to put in extra blockers. We have good tight end blockers, uh, especially in Nojoku. Um, they're they're just going to have to they're going to have to help that side. They can't consistently keep putting this guy out there because he's never going to get healthy if they continue to gamble on his health here. So I'm hoping they just set him. Get him a rest, maybe a couple, two, three weeks here, and uh, and uh, hopefully he'll come back a hundred percent because uh, he, he's not helping anybody being out there injured. He realizes, it, and it's one of those things where I, I think Stefanski just needs to say, Jedrick, you're gonna sit for a week or two, yeah, because you know he's a football player. He wants to be out there, even if he's not. He wants to be out there for his team, and be a tough, mm-hmm. quote unquote, tough guy. But 
as we've said before, it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. When you are a playoff team, which the Browns hopefully will be this year, or else it'll be a huge disappointing season, you have to worry about weeks 18, 19, and 20. Well, no, weeks 19, 20, and 21 and further, mm-hmm. rather than just the first 17 games of the year. So, yeah, I, I'm fine even if Hubbard's out. Just yeah. do whatever you have to do to get Wills back to 100% in a month or so. Yeah. And we're facing some good defensive lines coming up. So there's no point of putting them putting up these guys against some top matchups to get even more hurt. Joey Bosa against the injured Jedrick Wills does not sound fun. Yeah. No. Well, Blake Hans versus Joey Bosa doesn't sound fun either, but that's True. besides the fact. Hopefully, let's pray that uh, I think Chris Hubbard actually returned to practice this week in a limited fashion at least. So hopefully maybe he can come back next week and – that way they can be at least suitable on the uh, left tackle spot uh, rather than uh, very questionable as it is right now. Yes. And I, back to the defensive line, because Jake Trotter just t- tweeted out something that I saw. The defensive line dominated. We know that. But courtesy of Jake Trotter, ESPN, after the opening drive, Kirk Cousins was pressured 15 times on 34 dropbacks the rest of the game. He went 2 of 13 with zero passing yards when pressured. I mean, if you're doing that, good luck opposing offense. Yeah, yeah, it's it's we we continue talking about it. it's when you when you win the trenches, you win the game. And uh, the last what three games now, they've won both both uh, trenches, and uh, it's been it's been fun to see. Absolutely. All right, back to the offense, though. Unfortunately, yeah, Baker Mayfield, I. I'm going to try to look back and see what his passing stats are since he separated his shoulder. It was his non-throwing shoulder, which obviously is much better than his throwing shoulder, but it's very clear that he hasn't been himself. Yeah, we've got a quote on that. He just just had a quote that, uh, what did it say? Um, his, His arm is attached, so I'm all right. So that shows... That shows he's not. And in regular, in regular non football player terms, that means my arm really hurts, but I'm not yeah. going to sit out because of it. Yeah, yeah, it's not falling off. So let's let's keep playing. So yeah, it's definitely we've never seen we've never seen him this inaccurate. That was always one of the most consistent things on in his game, just being um, accurate, better ball placement. He was wild. It was it was the worst performance of his one of his worst of his career, and there's clearly something wrong. I, I I'm I'm assuming it's it's the uh, shoulder because anything any part of your upper body as a quarterback is hurting or injured, it's going to affect you. Even if it's the other arm, it's just your whole mechanics might get uh, off a little bit and. Any any little thing of uh, and your your mechanics getting off and that can that can affect your whole throwing motion and all that. So, yeah, it's uh it's not it's not a good thing to see. Um, I don't know if they can do something help them out here uh, to get that better. I, I you can't really sit them. I don't think <laughs> it's not like Jigger Wills there. You can sit them, but um, yeah, it's it's uh. It's something to keep a close eye on because he was he was the derailing part of the offense. The, the, really, they're like the offense receivers. There was open receivers throughout the game, and he just missed them. 
Yeah, there's like people are, are I've saw on Twitter, which obviously it's not great to look on Twitter. Uh, but don't do it. Don't <laughs> ever do it. Well, people were blaming the OBJ presence, but like that's not even close to the facts. <laughs> like he was Baker, he saw late in the game. Baker Mayfield probably overthrew Austin Hooper, which he did twice, I think. Yeah. And OBJ was probably somehow blamed. Yeah. Seriously, it's there's no it's it's we we just gotta blame the right person. It's Baker Mayfield. Something is wrong with him. I don't know what it is, but he was not good enough. And he said it after the game. He called it piss poor um, performance. Uh, <laughs> so he's just got to be better. Um, OBJ was open. He should have had a touchdown late in that game. Uh, there's many other uh, spots where he was open. And there's nothing. There's no problem with the receivers. It's it's all on all on the single caller and quarterback right here. And uh, he he needs to play better. His accuracy needs to be better. And um, yeah, it's it's just not it's not going well right now. It's two straight games where he hasn't been 100, percent and that just kind of coincides with the that uh, shoulder injury. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping he can get better. He can maybe start dealing with the pain or figure it out how to deal with it and keep his mechanics correct. But yeah, it's uh, it's something to watch because they they need him. They can't they can't keep winning. Like they're coming up with some good offenses, really really good offenses next couple games. Good quarterbacks, um, and and they can't just continue to rely on this defense. This defense will get tired by the end of the year. So. Um, they gotta, they gotta figure it out and he has to figure it out. You can only win ugly so many times. And today was one of those. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to be greedy. An ugly win on the road is still very, very good. Mm-hmm. But the Browns should have won at least 28 to seven today. If Baker is his, is, is himself. If I can talk, Yeah. I mean, you brought it up OBJ was wide open on that last drive by the Browns. Should have been an easy touchdown, overthrown. I know there was another one. Uh, I forget who else was. Uh, Kareem Hunt on a screen. It was like third and long on a screen, wide open, overthrown. It's just, I don't know if Baker's yeah. hurt, so he's trying to overcompensate, but then he overcompensates too much. I don't know. It's it's very, very weird. And very weird. you know what else is weird? Is that Ohio State's quarterback and Baker now have shoulder issues. One yeah. of them to the CJ Stroud's to his throwing shoulder. And I'll bring up Posse again. They sat CJ Stroud for a week and he came, he comes back and looks like a brand new quarterback yesterday at Rutgers. Yeah. I don't want to say that they should sit Baker. I don't think you could do that in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, they're I not, don't. They're not playing Akron. <laughs> why, why do you have to hit on Akron? Hey, and it was Rutgers, <laughs> by the way. Oh, no, I guess he did sit against Akron. You're right. But I. I don't know. It's and Baker won't. Baker would never allow that to happen, anyways. He will not sit out, especially for a non-throwing shoulder injury. But if he's not one hundred percent, something has to be done. I don't know if you don't. I mean, let's see. How many times did he throw the ball today? Thirty-three times. 33. I don't know if you. I don't know if that number goes down. Yeah. And I, I, I wish I had an answer, but I don't. It's very. It's just very clear that Baker is not himself. Yeah. Yeah. It's we've never seen him this inaccurate, and it's just not something. Something I like to see, and uh, hopefully they can figure it out. He can figure it out, um, because I hope it's not something that he just can't get over. That it's going to be nagging throughout the year. 
Um, but something's got to change because that was that was a bad performance, and he almost lost them the game that they shouldn't have not have lost. And uh, luckily, the defense picked it up. The run game played well, um, but so sometimes the defense will not be able to do that. They, that was a pretty historic, uh, great performance, and uh, you can't you can't count on that every week. So this uh, Baker's got to step up, and he he knows it. He said it after the game. He he knows that he has to play better. Um, because that that wasn't that won't cut it. Yeah, I'd, like I said, you can only win <laughs> ugly so many times. You can't. Defense does win championships, but I think in this new age of the NFL, it's more the offense wins championships. That's why the Tom Brady's and Patrick yeah. Mahomes of the world are still winning championships because it's the offense. It's just it's nice to win ugly, especially on the road, but. The defense isn't going to be able to do that every game, like you said. It's going to the Baker, the Baker, or Baker Mayfield, and the offense are going to have to step up. And I mean, last week they looked okay. They put up 24 points against the Bears, but the last two weeks it's very clear that Baker just yeah. Some I I just hope they have an answer because we obviously don't. We don't know what's going on yeah. in the locker room or anything. Yeah, but it's just Baker. If Baker's playing like this, it brings down the team a bunch. Yeah, yeah. It's just not. It's not the most. It's not the dynamic offense that it can be. Um, this past game has so much potential, but uh, when the quarterback's inaccurate, that potential is gone. So um, they gotta. He's gotta play better. Um, I think he can. I think he'll. He's a tough guy that can figure this out, and um, some maybe a lot of guys have to just kind of change up their game, kind of throw a different way to alleviate the pain or just making it more accurate passes, but um, he's got to figure it out and Stefanski's got to help him out. And uh, I, I don't know what else to say, but he, he's got to be better. That's all we can say. One thing I was surprised that we didn't see today, just thinking about how Stefanski could help him out is we didn't see any jet sweeps. I mean, we saw a lot of screens, but no, like we saw one. Besides... Yeah, I think Odell Beckham had one. Did he? Okay. Hmm. I say, yeah, I guess was you that. just need easy passes. If you the more the easier you can make Baker's job, the better I get. I don't like I said, I'm lost. I don't really know what to say about Baker. It's very clear that he's not 100% and it's affecting his accuracy. But the Browns, they're still taking care of business, and that's really all that matters. I mean, they're three and one, which is what I had them. I think I had them win losing at Minnesota, starting off three and then losing at Minnesota. But hey, three and one, first place. That was a hard place to play. That was yeah. a hard place to play. Yes. I will take three and win. one any day. No matter yeah. how ugly two of the wins might be, I'll take three and one any day. Yeah. You you, you continue to keep going and winning these games. That's all that matters, man. It's uh, problems down the line that you got to work on, but still, when you get wins out of it, that's all that matters. And uh, that's what they did today. They took care of business. It was ugly, but it was a win, and it was big. That was big before because they ha- they're coming up on a stretch that's that's going to be tough. It's it's uh they play the Chargers, Cardinals, um, I forget the other ones, but yeah, they play they play a tough stretch and it's going to be it's going to be a test for them. Uh, the Broncos, those those three are uh, I think they have one loss uh, between them. So yeah, these uh, these guys are good and let's. It's going to be a test the next three weeks and uh, I, I'm I'm excited to see it. And let's let's hope Baker is better and kind of gets through this uh, 
this injury, this off-targetness, and uh, see if we can get going. Yeah, it's a lot easier to learn from ugly wins and watch film from ugly wins when you're winning than losses. No matter how much of a moral victory Kansas City might have been week one, I can guarantee you it's a lot easier for the Browns players to learn from a win in Minnesota, no matter how ugly it was in a loss in Kansas City. Yep, yep. Win, winning is always the best way to go. <laughs> no, no way about it. That's uh, getting the win, being three and one, second straight year, three and one. What's better than that, man? Wait, did the Browns really start off three and one last year? Mm-hmm. Even after that week one performance, holy cow! Yeah. I guess I didn't realize that. Yeah, second straight year, I think it was. Wow. Um. Yeah. So Browns won ugly. Defensive line dominated. The offense did just enough. They actually, the defensive line dominated, but the entire defense dominated. Let's be honest. Denzel Ward struggled at times, but I mean, he had a big pass breakup against Justin Jefferson late in the fourth quarter. Which I was surprised, Joe Woods. It was man defense with no help on Justin Jefferson. I was very surprised. Yeah, that's called trusting trusting your players. And true, that's true. De- defense hasn't been able to trust their players in the past few years, and this year he can he can do that. And you can run whatever you want. You can throw blitzes at people with with this trust, and uh, it's what we're seeing also. Uh, sticking with the defense is a better game plan from Joe Woods because he has the players now they're 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 changing uh defense alignments they're changing uh this cover scheme they're blitzing um on some occasions and it's just it's confusing defenses and or offenses and it's that's the keys to success uh confusing the offense pressuring the quarterback it's uh it's good to see and this uh if they can continue this this is this is a uh, this is gonna be a fun year because if uh, if the Browns can get a, a dominant defense like this and uh, and a offense that I know that could be really good, this is that's a good recipe right there. Yeah, it's weird to it's weird to see a dominant defense on my favorite NFL team. It really is. But I mean, is there with JOK playing the way he is? Is there a weakness on this defense? They have the depth. They have the talent. At every level, I mean, and like we said, like we discussed earlier, when they can get to the quarterback, they're not getting sacks. They only had two today, but when they can get to the quarterback and make the quarterback either run out of the pocket or just pressure him, so he's he's scrambling no matter what. With only four guys too, so you have seven yeah. guys in the backfield. Yeah. I mean, I don't care who the opposing offense is; they're not going to have very much success. Success. Yeah. And shout out to Miles Garrett that kind of lit a fire under this front four, and they have just stepped up the last two games, and they're they're a different animal than the fir- than that first uh, first two games. This is or first game, uh, yeah, first two games. They play they're playing so well, and uh, it's amazing to watch. And Miles is being a dominant self that we know that we've seen so many times before. Miles Garrett being a leader, he had a players-only meeting, called out the defensive line, called out himself, goes out and has four and a half sacks, and now the defensive line since that meeting has been unstoppable. It's yeah, that is what a leader does. It really yeah. is. Yeah, yep. Let's see. Let's hope uh, the offense can have something like that <laughs> starting today, because uh, if they can get that offense going with this defense, that's uh. Whoa, baby. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right. So 
Browns won ugly, 14-7 on the road in Minnesota. But if you look at the schedule, it, all it says is W. It doesn't say yep. UW for ugly win. It just says W. Yep. That's all that matters. Browns are 3-1, and one, tied for first. Cincinnati won on Thursday. They are also 3-1, and one, which is yep. probably one of the biggest surprises of the season. Yeah. Pittsburgh winning right now. Baltimore's went in. Pittsburgh, I'm assuming, probably still has zero points. Uh, no, they have, oh, they have, they 10. have 10. Yes. Wow. Wow. Congrats now. to them. Although I did see a stat. We're going off topic now. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's offense hasn't scored a point in the first quarter since starting 11 0 last, <laughs> last year. I think they did that, this year. It was today. <laughs> so, yeah, that tweet obviously was like a reverse jinx. But seeing Pittsburgh struggle and lose is also fun, especially when the Browns win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, this division. This division has kind of, I don't know, it's come full circle here. (laughs) Pittsburgh might be the worst team in in the division, and uh, Cincinnati may be getting better, as we can see. I don't think they're that good, but uh, they've got uh, a very easy schedule so far. Um, But yeah, they've uh, they played well and. Baltimore is Baltimore. They're going to be good with Lamar. So yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting division. But I I like the Browns' chances, the way that the Browns have played this year so far. Man, that's still weird. <laughs> Pittsburgh might finish last, and we like the Browns' chances to win the AFC North. <laughs> Who, if you would have said that four years ago, we would have all thought you were drunk. It would have been it would have been the day after the draft when everyone is excited. <laughs> that was a tradition unlike any other. It was a Brown Super Bowl every year. Brown Super it just Bowl. so happened to fall oh in God. late April. They got Johnny Mizell. That's a first oh my first place. Uh, out of all the guys they could have brought up over the last twenty one years, why'd it have to be Johnny Football? <laughs> Tim Couch. Right. Okay, that's better. I'll take Tim Couch over Johnny Mizell any day. All right, so fourteen seven win. In Minnesota, three and one, first place in the AFC North. Baker clearly isn't one hundred percent. The defense dominated again for the second straight week. Any final thoughts? No, uh, I if the I just love how the defense playing. Uh, they played a really good offense and shut it down uh, for three quarters. And uh, this offense needs to be better, but we know that, and Baker knows that. I think because Kevin Stefanski knows that, so. I expect them to be better, and uh, the fun starts here. Uh, we have a three-game stretch here that are playing against really, really good teams, and uh, we're going to get a good test throughout. So uh, we're going to be back later, uh, what, 4 o'clock, I think, is next week's Two straight weeks, I think, of 4 o'clock. So it's going to be a little bit later. It's going to be Joe and uh, it's going to be us after dark. So that's always fun. <laughs> we yeah. had WFNY podcast after dark last week, and that was certainly interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the uh, the one on uh, one two weeks from now in Arizona, that's going to be real fun because that's going to be like ten o'clock at night. So <laughs> the Browns looking ahead. The Browns play at four o'clock, four well four o five, four o five, and then a Thursday night game eight twenty. So we are hashtag WFNY after dark for the three straight weeks. Shout out to me to taking off that Friday after that game. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> Gotta look ahead, man. <laughs> true, true. All right. Browns are three and one. They won ugly, but it's still a W. I'll take three and one any day of the week. Any day. Next up, they have the Chargers 405 next Sunday. So Joe and I will be with you 
eight o'clock. Yes, so it will be after dark for sure in Northeast <laughs> Iowa. It will be dark out. So yeah, yep. can't hopefully Baker figure something out with his shoulder, even if it won't heal. Hopefully he figures out how to not throw overthrow guys. Yeah, and to everyone that joined us, we were live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Thank not you. Periscope. Not Periscope anymore. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. And if you're listening to our podcast, hopefully you subscribe. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever else you listen to our podcast. But yeah, Joe and I will be back 8 o'clock-ish next Sunday. Hopefully talking about another one. And thank you for jo- joining us, guys. See ya. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.